The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. Hello, uh, this is uh, G. Cobb on uh, G. Cobb in the House and uh, being joined by Rich uh, Quinones. And uh, we're going to be, uh, of course, uh, joined by some uh, people uh, additional uh, folks uh, as the, the uh, show goes on. You got Denny Basins will be joining us, and and also Bob Cunningham. But uh, I guess we have to start off with the with the breaking news, which is the fact that the Redskins have benched Donovan McNabb, which is pretty astounding when you think about who they got backing up, which is Rex Grossman. And I don't know what's going on down in D.C. Uh, I think they've got a situation where, as far as I'm concerned, it's utter chaos. When you uh, you you bench a guy, and uh, I mean I, I don't see what their future is. The future is surely not Rex Grossman or John. No, G- <laughs> no, I agree, G. I agree, hundred percent. I was just going to tell you real quick. I made a couple calls to a couple guys that I know are pretty close to the Skins uh, this afternoon when everything went down, and they told me that you know the locker room is certainly divided, and they think it's a power struggle now. You know, I don't know if it's a power struggle between Shanahan and McNabb or Shanahan and Snyder, but I agree. I mean, what, what's the point of starting Grossman for the next two, three games? I mean, you know, if they had a young quarterback who was a young and, uh, you know, talented guy, hey, this is when you put him in and you start building for the future. But you got a guy like, like Rex, Rex Grossman, who is an utter disaster, uh, who is not even a legitimate backup. Uh, you can't seriously say uh, that you're going to go with Rex Grossman and, and that's a, a, a viable option. Uh, the fact is he doesn't have a viable option, and it was Mike Shanahan that went into the season and, and decided to bring in Rex Grossman. Why do you bring Rex Grossman? I mean, isn't Rex Grossman the kind of guy you go, well, if we've got to bring in Rex Grossman, we'll, we've got to bring in somebody to play quarterback. But why do you go get Rex Grossman? I mean, I know he's friends with Shanahan's kids. But, I mean, uh, has it gotten that bad? <laughs> well, I mean, if, look at Mick. Well, look, I mean, McNabb, he, he has not had the best season. Now, granted, he doesn't have the weapons. We can agree with that. The only, I would look at it from an organizational standpoint. We were talking about this a couple weeks ago. The, the, the contract they gave him, and obviously they got an out. They can cut him. I mean, it. To me, it almost seems Why like do the contract? This is, you can't go back. It's one and done. It's one yeah. season in Washington, and that's it. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Now, I, I don't see how or why they did the contract. I, I see it as, as basically you were playing games. You know, if, uh, if you did a contract like that, knowing you had to out, you're basically trying to get the heat, get the heat off of you for the benching. Uh, and then, you know, that's all I can think of. Why even sign that deal? What, what is that all about? 
So I don't see what they're doing down there, but uh, they got utter chaos. Uh, just to tell everybody, I'm over at the uh, headed into the Lakers and Sixers game over here at the yeah, Wells Fargo. You get Kobe Bryant tonight, and I have LeBron and MSG. <laughs> Wait, what's that? I said you get Kobe tonight in Philly, and I uh, I'm glancing at LeBron uh, LeBron during warmups in New York. <laughs> okay, all right, hey, that, that's a good one. That's a good one. So, uh, so he's he's playing over there, um, which that's going to be interesting to see how how they greet him up there, and of course uh, Kobe coming home, right. uh, so to speak. So that that's always interesting. Uh, but uh, so we got some basketball, and also of course uh, we got to talk about the Cliff Lee uh, signing somewhere. Talk about that a little bit. Uh, but uh, you know, well, with regards to the Eagles, now they got a huge game, of course. On Sunday, uh, the game against the uh, Giants, which will be a game uh, for the division uh, lead, and all all likelihood, uh, the winner will probably win the division. So, uh, uh, going into this, I know my mind is on. You know, I think it's going to be a physical game. Uh, the Eagles mm-hmm. have got to be able to shut down the Giants' running game in order to make Eli Manning throw the ball on. And get him in must-passing situations where he's got to throw the ball, and he's been turning it over. What are, you, what are your prospects? You think for for this game? I, I think. Doing, look, I, I right. think it ultimately comes down to the battle in the trenches, and you know the Giants' ground game has really picked up over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know the Eagles now. You have a different linebacker in there. You have a rookie linebacker. They're going to attack him. They're going to try to exploit him. Uh, I, I do think the Giants are going to just try to pound. You, well, you mentioned Eli Manning. You're talking about Jamar Taney. Uh, uh, I want to slip it in. Well, I want to make sure, is Bob or, or Denny, are you guys online or, or no? Yeah. I'm here, Jay. Okay, so we got Bob, Bob Cunningham's in. Uh, Denny, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, all right, so we got both of the guys. we got uh, Denny Basin and uh, Bob Cunningham, and I want you guys to just jump in there. Uh, right now we're just talking about the uh, – I want everybody's uh, take on this uh, giant – an Eagles game that's coming up uh, tomorrow. So go, go ahead, Rich. Why don't you finish yours and then Bob and then... Yeah, just, just, just really, I, I think it comes down to the ground game. I think the Giants want to take a time of possession, try to keep the Eagles off the, the field as much as they possibly can. I mean, obviously, you'll maybe have Roll, Roman on Vic, but you mentioned Eli Manning, career high, I should say an NFL high, 19 interceptions. Um, you know, one huge loss is that they don't have Steve Smith, who's his go-to guy. And when he doesn't play, Manning's completion percentage and their third down efficiency really goes down. So I think that's why they're going to rely more so on the ground game. Okay, uh, Bob. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to come down to uh, it's going to come down to stopping the run game. I mean, clearly, it's the same thing every time you play the Giants. Uh, personally, I think Eli's been overrated his whole career. But uh, so I, I, the Eagles have never had too difficult of a time stopping him, unless of course he was thrown to Plaxico. But uh, the, the linebackers, I think, really is where it has to is where it has to start. Antonio Dixon has been just spectacular. Uh, the defensive tackles overall, I think, have been very good. But you can tell if the defensive tackles slip up even one time, it's a big play because the Eagles don't have linebackers, and that's just that's the honest to God's truth. Ernie Sims has been a train wreck for the past few weeks. You don't know what you have in Cheney. Foku's just a guy. Uh, unless they pick it up, and it, we were talking about the the red zone issues before the show started, I mean, and that, it's because of the linebackers. You don't have guys attacking. You don't have a defensive coordinator who wants to attack. He wants to 
have them sit back on their heels, and you see it. They sit back on their heels, and they don't make plays. If they don't play better, uh, the Eagles are going to be one and done in the playoffs anyway. Well, unfortunately, you could be right. Now, Denny, why don't you go ahead and jump in there? Okay, well, what I'm looking at in this game is uh, the injuries. Now, in the first Eagles-Giants matchup, the Giants had a lot of injuries going into that game. They had problems on the offensive line. And now it's kind of the other way around this time. The Eagles have all kinds of problems on uh, both sides of the ball. You still don't know if Asante Samuel is going to be able to go. Uh, well, well, let, let, let me slip this in, Denny. Uh, now that you went there, let me just slip in there with this, which is uh, I saw some of the practice today. Um, you know, Denny, uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson did practice, uh, but he's kind of limping. Mm-hmm. He, he's not uh, he's not playing full strength. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is he's going to be tur- on turf up there in New York. And mm-hmm. you know that if you play on turf, it's harder on the feet. Uh, if he was playing on grass, I'd, I'd give him a uh, – you know, I think he's going to play. But the thing is, I don't know how effective he's going to be because – he was out there, he was limping, you know. And I know his uh, foot probably got sore just from uh, working out today. So, anyway, go ahead, Denny. Yeah, so you have those problems. And um, obviously you have Jamar Chaney making his first start. And Stuart Bradley wasn't having a great year, but it's certainly you'd rather have him out there than um, a rookie uh, seventh-round pick in his, his second significant action of his career. And also on the offensive line, uh, you're looking at uh, having King Dunlap go instead of Winston Justice this time. And we all know that Giants defensive line is certainly capable of um, bringing pressure and uh, putting hits on uh, Michael Vick, which he's taken too many of in, in recent weeks. And that could really be a problem for the game this week. I, I, I tell you, you know, I, I wonder what the Eagles are going to do. I mean, I really would like to see them run the football a little bit more effectively because, um, you know, if, if they just try to throw the ball, I mean, Vick is going to get pummeled. And I, I, don't, I don't know how to continue to play. Uh, because the Giants, okay, first of all, it's going to be giant weather up there. It's not going to be, you know, Eagles weather where, you know, early in the season you got a nice sunshiny day and throw the ball, throw the ball. It's going to be windy. It's going to be cold. And the Eagles are going to have to be able to run the ball with some type of effectiveness. And, and they got to stop the Giants from running. So uh, that's the kind of uh, the game it's going to be. And we'll see. I just don't want the Eagles to get one-dimensional about it and where uh, Vic is back there getting pounded. And uh, uh, Andy has one of those brain locks like he did that time when McNabb got sacked 12 times. Uh, you know, you just cannot play that type of game. Um, and and, and every, it's everything on the line. I mean, if they don't win this game, there's no guarantee the Eagles will be in the playoffs. I'll just tell you that. And people, uh, I think, have gotten way ahead of ourselves in a lot of ways uh, yep. with this football team because there's been so much excitement. But this team is no guarantee. This team's going to the playoffs. They don't win this game, man. It's going to be tough for them to get there. So, um, no, go ahead. Somebody want to jump in? No, I was just, I was just kind of going to echo the sentiments about running the football. I mean, the, the one thing that I would also keep in mind, you know, you're, you're, you're going up against a giant front four. They've been pretty stout against a run. Um, now, McCoy's really been coming on. I think he might be, again, one of the X factors, if you will. Um, I would like to see them really, if they can get that ground game going, try to get Selleck involved a little more. I mean, you know, I, I think you have to utilize him a little more. Everyone knows that eventually if Jackson gets open, he, he's going to hurt you. I mean, you, you live with it. It's the inevitable. And you got Macklin and you got Avant. But I, I would like to see the Eagles open up a little more. If they can get the ground game going early, get Selleck involved. Because over the last couple of weeks, the Giants don't cover tight ends very well. I know the Eagles don't, but the Giants don't as well. 
Well, you know, you're right. Uh, and they, they are eventually going to have to get Selleck and Bob, and I would expect them to play some too deep. You know, you play the too deep, you can kind of you know, stop the two wide receivers from, uh, from beating you with the, with the big play downfield. But what it does do is it opens you up uh, to a good tight end. A good tight end can really go after you if you, uh, if you play that too deep. And, and that's where they need Selleck. I mean, I, I, you know, I, uh, he and Vic just haven't gotten a rhythm where, um, he, he, you know, he, you know when, a, when, a, when a tight end drops a few passes and you never really get that confidence in him, he doesn't have the confidence in him that, that McNabb has. And that's why I don't think you see him really going to him as much as, 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 much as you'd like. But, but in, in the, um, the coverages they're going to play them, I think that they're surely going to see uh, – where they're going to they're try to take away the wideouts and make them go mm-hmm. to the tight end. So we'll see how that works out. Now, uh, with the lines, uh, the, the big thing is the matchups up, up front, uh, how the lines are going to, uh, going to work out uh, because ultimately that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, on both sides of the ball, you know, uh, if the Eagles are going to be able to give Vic some protection. Now, they weren't really able to, to get him free in that first game. What do you guys think is going to happen, Bob? Go ahead, you start with you about uh, with the guards, the matchups on these uh, offensive lines. When the Eagles have the ball, can these guys protect Vic? Well, I would I would say yes, uh, but the problem is, and I don't worry so much about the talent on the offensive line. I think the talent is there, but like you guys were talking about, it's kind of it's going to come down to the play calling. If Reed and Morningwig are pass, 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 and you let those front four pin their ears back and just come at you, it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. But like you said, if they're going to play that, uh, that too deep to try to stop uh, Jackson and Macklin, well, then the running lanes should open up, too. Yeah, that's uh, but, true. And McCoy, McCoy's been running the ball very effectively. He's just not getting uh, enough carries. I mean, he's averaging almost five yards a carry. I don't know how you go away from that. And what is it? We see uh, Jerome Harrison come in, rush for over 100 yards against the Redskins. I think he's had 10 carries since then. I don't understand what goes through their minds when they're scripting these plays. Uh, You see Vic getting pummeled, and it doesn't click in their heads. If you run the ball, you don't allow them to pin their ears back and come after Vic. And when he can stand back there and wait for guys to get open, that's when the big plays come. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, go ahead, uh, Denny. You go ahead and go. What, what's your uh, take? I agree with Bob. Sorry. Uh, I agree with what uh, Bob was saying. Uh, you know, early in early in the game, they've got to run the ball a little more. Well, uh, I'm not saying like you got to have to do it fifty uh, fifty all the time, but you know, like if they think all you're going to do is pass, then as Bob said, Vic's going to take a pounding early. It could throw him out of his rhythm, and you saw in the Dallas game, like when they wanted to run late, they were able to do it and do it effectively. Now, it makes you wonder if they had done it a little earlier, but with this, uh, wouldn't they have made it save the, yeah. like some, well, you, you, some of the you hits? Know, that, that, that whole thing with the rhythm, you know, I, I think the run, uh, screens, draws, that sort of thing. But go ahead, Rich. Uh, what's your take on when the Eagles have the ball, that battle up front between the offensive and, and defensive line? Look, I think we could agree that the Eagles, you can argue, are the best screen-passing team in the NFL. And you look at what Peters and, and, and Harriman's is, 
they've done this year. They played at a very high level. I mean, they're very athletic. I think that's why they can get that screen going off, which, again, is really going to, you know, a lot of misdirections are going to keep uh, Tuck and, and, and O.C. And, and Pierre Paul, who's really coming on, try to keep these guys off balance. I mean, the one thing we saw in that first matchup, the screens were killing the Giants. And, again, if the Giants were susceptible to one thing defensively, let alone covering the tight end, it's they get beat by those screens. Dallas did it. Jacksonville did it. Um, you know, Minnesota tried to do it the other night, but I think that's how you keep a very good front four off their heels. I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it. I just think that the Giants, the way these guys are knocking out quarterbacks and stuffing the run and sniffing out plays, I just think, it, again, it goes in the trenches, and I think they're going to be up to pass. I really do. Well, you know, I, you know, I mean, I, I know that uh... – you know, uh, a lot of Eagles fans uh, have almost taken for granted they're going to win this one. But I, I tell you, this this is going to be a tough game. You know, you get into the turnover battle. Uh, yes, Manny had been throwing interceptions. Uh, if he turns the ball over, that's going to be uh, something that, that boosts the Eagles' chances. At the, at the same time, I want to see uh, Michael Vick make sure that, look, uh, you know, you, you see something big downfield, yeah, try to get the ball to him. But he's got to make sure you protect the football and you know you're going to get hit back there, and these guys are going going to get to you. So I want to keep I want to see him keep two hands on that ball until he decides he's going to take off and run, because they cannot afford a fumble or two back there, uh, turnovers could ultimately decide this game. I would I, I would I kind of think that's what's going to decide it, because I don't think it's going to be as high flying a game uh, as the one the last time. Uh, I think it's going to be a matter where um, this is going to be one of those ugly games. But the team that takes care of the football is probably going to be the one to win. Now, uh, I'm going to have to take off the rich. I want to go ahead and take it with uh, Denny Basins and and, uh, and Bob Cunningham. You guys can go ahead. We've got, of course, plenty to talk about because you got Cliff Lee. you got to talk about Cliff Lee. Uh, you got you got this Eagles-Giant game coming up. Uh, you got the McNabb uh, thing that went on. And that uh, you got the Flyers. They're playing. Uh, they're having a good time of it. So there's a lot going on. And... One thing I, I think that, that right now, I mean, uh, Philadelphia is the center of, of sports. I mean, because the, yeah. the number one story in the NFL has been Michael Vick. You know what's going to happen when the when the Phillies start, and uh, the uh, Flyers have been playing well. So everything's going right, but this team that I'm getting ready to see, which is the Sixers, and I'm going to try to jump back in, but I'm going downstairs, and uh, I'll jump back in. But you guys go ahead and take it from there, Rich. Go ahead. All right, you got it, G. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, guys, she's absolutely right. I mean, there's, there's so much to talk about. Uh, I want to stick a little bit with football. I know we got to take a uh, quick time out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. I want to get your uh, really around the league and Donovan McNabb, and then I think we're going to see if we can track down a former player in the NFL, Hank Poteet, who was a very good uh, defensive back. We'll get his thoughts on uh, the Eagles and a couple of his former teams as well. So we'll take a quick time out. And again, you're listening to G-Cobb in the House on Voices of America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports. 
You already get the general sports headlines and discussion on TV and radio. Tune in to The Blueprint with Randall Gatewood. Yeah, we'll cover all the general big-name stuff, too, but we go beyond the typical sports radio show to bring you the details you don't get anywhere else. We'll talk about the inspirational stories and the little-known successes. If you want creativity, The Blueprint is the place to be. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Every Monday, tune in after the weekend games for Locker Room Views with Arturo Freeman. It's a sports show that'll keep you talking. We'll go inside the minds and lives of world-class athletes and hear about their views, opinions, and life experiences about the world of sports. Your host, former NFL great Arturo Freeman, present an action-packed hour every single week. Arturo Freeman, Locker Room Views, is live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Here's what's happening this week on Forever Hunting's Trail with Jim and Trav. Country music artist Red Atkins, the bone collector himself Michael Waddell, and stealth 4x4's Aaron McCaleb will be our special guest and will be headed on the trail with a guy that said people who love sausage and respect the law should never watch either being made. We're talking about those guys from Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center, Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Gary Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, folks, welcome back. G. Cobb in the house on Voices of America. She is going to join us shortly. Rich Kenyon is here. Uh, Bob Cunningham, Benny Basins as well. We'll take you up to 8 o'clock. And, uh, guys, I know we were talking a lot of football with the Eagles. We'll get into McNabb in a minute. But uh, we got a good guest on the line. Played a long time in the NFL. Uh, Hank Poteet played with uh, the Pats and the Jets and the Browns. Defensive back. He joins us for a couple moments to talk a little defensive strategies, I guess. Going forward, how you been, Hank? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. It's good to talk to you again, and uh, you're joined with myself, obviously, and Bob and Denny. And uh, Hank, uh, really, I want to get first question for me, really, to get your thoughts. I'm sure these guys got a lot of Eagles questions to ask you. I want to ask you about one of your former teams, the New England Patriots, and just the level that they're playing at right now. And and Tom Brady, I think, just a runaway MVP. I mean, what are you seeing from this guys? And you know, does, does this surprise you at all the way they're doing it with some of these offensive guys and it doesn't matter what weather they're playing in belichick has these guys playing at another super bowl level it seems not at all um first of all um coach bill belichick is a great coach he's a situational coach so when i played there every day it was practice with situational football any situation that can occur during the games we practiced it we practice in the in those type of uh conditions whether it was snowing um bad weather you know he wanted us to to be used to that type of weather so you know that that's the that's the type of team that you're facing each and every week you have a team where 
guys understand their role. You know, Coach Bilicek, he brings in guys, whether the NFL might have saw them as too old now, whether they might have not been high draft picks, um, you know, just got hard-working guys who, who, who he brings in. They understand their role, and it's all about team. And I think that's what's allowed them to be successful. Uh, Danny? Yeah, Hank, uh, speaking of the Patriots, why do you think that uh, the quality of their defense has gone down in recent years under Belichick? The quality of their defense? Why is it yeah. going down? Yeah. Um, I, I, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, with with how the NFL is and, you know, you have different guys coming in and out, in and out, um, for a long period of time, when they were winning the championships, they had a lot of veteran players on the team. Um, uh, Rodney Harrison, Teddy Bruschi, Vrabel, uh, Willie McGinnis, they had some good, strong veteran leadership in that defense. Now you have a lot of younger guys on the defense, and it, it takes a while where you build chemistry and allow a, a unit to, to work well together and understand where everyone's going to fit. So, I mean, if you allow this team to stay together, I mean, free agency, you know, kind of hinders that. But if you allow them to stay together and, and, and play some play some games together, win some big games together, I think that they'll be pretty good under this system. I mean, because I, 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 and I also see this defense, although they're young and they give up some plays, but they also they still make plays when when it counts when they need them. Hey, Hank, I'm also curious, and, and again, guys, jump in. I'm curious, you know, Pittsburgh, you, you look at the season they've had, and, you know, this is a team they they rely heavily on, on their defense. They they like to get the ground game going. You know, Big Ben, he's come back, and he's, you know, he's just a tough, tough quarterback. Now it looks like they're going to be without Troy Palomalo on Sunday against the Jets, and the Jets really, their offense has been struggling. I mean, it, take us kind of from, from a defensive standpoint, Again, what type of adjustments do you think Pittsburgh is going to have to make against the Jets who, you know, look, they still have some offensive weapons. I know the offense has been somewhat anemic and you have Mark Sanchez struggling, but, you know, how, how do you see this game playing out? Well, first of all, if Troy Palomalo is not going to play, you know, we saw how their defense played out last year without him. He was He's a very important part of their defense. Um, you know, he makes a lot of plays. Um, you saw in the one game where he he made the the play at the end of the game, the sack for uh fumble. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he has six interceptions this year. So it is definitely gonna uh, come with uh seeing how, how the linebacker, because this is a, a also a team where it's built with the linebackers. The linebackers make a lot of plays. But I, I think they should continue to play the same the same way they they've um always play. You know, I w I wouldn't change change up at all. Uh let's see Let's see where. Um, let's see how well the, the the Jets adjust to them, you know. Because, like you said, the Jets haven't been playing good football, so I don't think that the Pittsburgh should change at all. Let, let's see if um, uh, if the if the uh, New York Jets are, are able to handle what they bring, and then throughout the course of the game, they'll make some adjustments from there. Danny Bob, jump right in. Hey, Hank, I got a question for you. Uh, oh. 
I don't know how, how closely you watch uh, the Eagles, but when a team is that historically bad in the red zone, I mean, they're allowing uh, teams to score almost 80% of the time. Uh, if you know specifically something you've seen with the Eagles or generally, what could be the problem that could make a defense that bad uh, in the red zone? Well, first of all, when you're in the red zone, as a defensive player, you need to understand, first of all, you need to understand the coordinator of uh, the opposite team. So each and every week, we understand whether this coordinator, he's a run, a run, uh, you know, depending on where at in the red zone, do he likes to run, um, uh, do they like to take shots, take, you know, just go ahead and take a shot, depending on what part of the red zone. Um, are they a screen team? Because a lot of teams, they like to do some screens down the red zone. But it all boils down to having awareness and understanding where you are and what that coordinator wants to do. Now, I'm not too familiar with how the Eagles has been playing in the red zone. But this, when, it come, when you get down the red zone, this is where it all counts, and everybody needs to, to step up and make a play. Shortens the field up a lot, right, Hank? Yeah. So, like really shortens up that field, so there's really no margin of error. Exactly. So yeah. when a team is uh, is that bad, you think uh, you think it's the coordinator not getting them prepared properly, or do you think it's uh, the players not stepping up, or is it just a, a nice mix of both? Yeah, I mean you can't really point a finger on one person. I, I think uh, everybody needs to be on the same page and. During this time of the year, I think a lot of the, the veteran leadership, somebody needs to step up and challenge these guys and say, look, we all have the same goal, and we're getting close to where we want to be. But we can't win any games down the stretch because they're go- there's, going to be, there's going to be a lot of teams who are going to be able to match up well with this team, and you're going to have to – it's going to come down to that red zone play. You know, so guys are going to, whether they're going to have to spend more time on that area, um, understanding early in the week, okay, I want somebody to, to focus on the red zone, and we need to really break down the opposition and understand what they're trying to do in the red zone. Um, whether and, and I don't know if, it's, if they're scoring outside on the DBs or if it's inside with the, the, the middle linebackers, I don't know what type of defense that they run, whether they're playing man-to-man or not. Um, because a lot of times I, I watch young DBs when they're playing man-to-man in the red zone instead of them playing the, the, end zone, the front of the end zone line, they're backing into the end zone and just allowing receivers to just sit down and, and curl up and, and get, get scored on. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what the case may be, but this is a time where they need to step up and make some plays because uh, Philadelphia, they're definitely going to need it. Do you recall a time, even when you played, where, you know, you know this, it's just the, the NFL is a week-to-week proposition. I mean, one week Cleveland will blast the Patriots, and then uh, the Patriots will turn around and they'll blow out the Bears. and It's just so much parity. I mean, I know I've been talking about it for the last three or four months. It just seems like, no one team, yeah, you can argue right now that the, the, the Patriots and, you know, the, the Saints are starting to come on. And, you know, it's just who's hot. You start winning games in December, you ride that momentum all the way to Super Bowl. But do you recall a year where there's just 
there's not really one clear-cut team this late in the season where you can honestly say they're, they're running away with it. I mean, you know, last year, Colts, Saints, I think everyone kind of knew that from the get-go. Well, how I view uh, this season, you have – you have a lot of guys, you have a lot of teams where they, they got rid of a, there's a, there's a lot of new faces out there. I've, right. I've noticed that there's a lot of guys making plays that I, I don't even recognize. There's a lot of young guys out there. And like I was saying earlier, with free agency, you know, you're not having teams where they're spending a lot of time with one another from year in and year out. And this is a quick fix league. So there was a problem. I mean, i give you an example of, of last year with the Browns. The Browns, they won like the last four games straight. You're, right. And you're saying, wow, okay, they, they're moving forward. They finish out strong. Now, they, now that team's going to build on to the following season. But in building on to the following season, they almost got rid of everybody who was out there. So now you're trying to build off of what you did last year, but – now you're rebuilding it again because it's different faces. So it's like you're always dealing with new guys coming in and trying to build a chemistry with, with guys. And sometimes early into the season, guys aren't, you know, familiar in, in, in understanding each other until, until later on in the season. Or you have some injuries and some of the younger guys are not preparing as if they're a starter knowing that they're only one play away from coming in and filling in that spot. So I, I think everybody needs to prepare and be ready to play. And, and they, shouldn't, they shouldn't miss a beat when, when a, a, a young guy or a new guy fills a role with injury. Good point, good point. Guys, jump in. Hank, with the uh, league cracking down on uh, all the uh, defenseless receivers or the, uh, the big helmet-to-helmet hits, how much do you think that's changed the way um, defensive backs have to then play their games? Uh, defensive backs. Uh, I, I think, I think like I remember Asante Samuel. He's big for jumping the flat route, and yeah. every year he has that big <laughs> that big hit uh, when a tight end or somebody comes into the flat, and he 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 goes and hit. And I remember he got the got the penalty on that. But uh, I mean, it it all depends. I mean, it more so for for the safeties. I think sometimes in the back of their mind they might be thinking it, but I, I I think you can't even focus on that. I think they they need to continue to play, and um, I, I think it's going to take a year or two where they where they able actually able to practice and adjust their technique. Because right now, I mean, this is this has uh, occurred in the middle of the season and and then right now during the playoff time you can't worry about that you got to play football if we're going to bring up uh, some hot button issues i'd like to ask you what do you think about uh this talk of the 18 game season i mean for me it just sounds like it's going to water down the game you see a two-back system already guys getting hurt careers getting shortened uh what do you think of uh the 18 game season yeah, I, I think uh, they need to stick to 16 um, because I, I, I believe that, like you said, there, there's a lot of injuries going on. Um, 
guys aren't thinking about life. It's, I know so many guys who are dealing with so many different injuries um, after they're playing. Uh, it's hard to walk, so much pounding. And, you know, you think some guys have been playing since they're eight years old. And the minute, it, it seems like the minute you stop playing, because you're not focused on all the injuries while you're playing because you're always, you always work, you know, taught to play through it, play through it. Slapping the bandaid on it. And the minute you have time to, to, to not even focus on those things, you start feeling all these different problems that occur throughout the, the years of playing football year in and year out. So if you have a guy who's just coming into to the NFL and he's playing 18 games every year, that can definitely affect him. You know, it's, it's definitely a brutal league, and I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I I definitely wouldn't be be behind the 18. And at least I don't know with the 18th um, season, are they still having four preseason games? They have to cut down the two. Two away. Yeah, you have to. Well, the the thing I would say about that, and I would ask what you think, Hank. Taking away two preseason games and adding two regular season games, the intensity is, I mean, it's not even close. I mean, I think you'd almost have to wipe out the entire preseason. I mean, guys are only playing a quarter here, a quarter there, and then the fourth game, the starters hardly play at all. So You're right, you're right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the first game, guys, the starters might play a series or two. Mm-hmm. Second game, maybe first half, third game maybe into the third and yeah the last game yeah I, I i agree i mean preseason you definitely have to cut off the preseason but like like i like you like you were saying preseason there's really no intensity besides the younger guys who are out there trying to make the team yeah um, where they have yeah they got to make that uh they you know they got to make that impact in a uh in a, in a week or so. Uh, hey, Hank, I, mean, we'll I, I still don't think you it. should take away the preseason. No, well, Be, no. At, at least, no, you're right. At least two, at least two games, because you still have to. Because sometimes, as a player, you can when you have when you have uh, the OTAs, the, the right. mini camps, and all those different things. A player can get comfortable and have an understanding of the guys that they're going against. And and you'll never understand, especially like if you're trying to evaluate a young guy. Mm-hmm. So you won't be able to understand where he is when the lights come on, how to evaluate. That you don't want to just evaluate him on practice. You want to see, okay, now this guy he's not as familiar with these other guys and as comfortable. Let's see how he's going to respond to playing against another team or another player. No, it's a great point you bring up. Hey, listen, buddy, you know it's always great to talk football. You know I'll talk to you down the, uh, during the week. I appreciate you coming on for a couple minutes with us. Oh, no problem. I enjoy it all the time. All right, Hank, be good. We appreciate it, pal. All right, you take care. All right, 7.40 Eastern time. We'll take a quick timeout. Uh, again, this is G-Cobb in the house, Voices of America. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back after this. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. All right, guys, welcome back. G. Cobb in the house. Voices of America will take you up to 8 o'clock. Rich Canyon is here. Bob Cunningham, Benny Basins, and we appreciate Hank Poteet jumping on board for a couple minutes. And uh, during the break, uh, uh, we were talking, guys, <laughs> a little Donovan McNabb, and we kind of were all chuckling a little bit because, you know, even G. started the show off with it. I mean, what in the world? You know, it seems like, obviously, the Eagles know what they're doing with some of these players when they, when they move them on, but... You know, you look at Washington, what is the point, what is the benefit of starting Rex 
Grossman, who we all know can run a better two-minute offense than Dominic McNabb, according to Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan, what's the benefit of starting this guy? And, and is it is it an indictment on Donovan, or is it an indictment on the Skins organization as a whole? Oh, I think it's definitely an indictment on the Skins organization as a whole. It's it's chaos over there right now. Now, McNabb, did he not lead that team on a, a comeback drive to yeah. what should have tied the game last week? And uh, mm-hmm. the uh, the punter botches the snap and uh, or botches the hold rather, and and that's why that game didn't go into overtime. Now, and with McNabb, you know, it's hard. It's really hard to blame him for that whole mess in Washington. You know, uh, there's just not a lot of talent around him. Like whether it be the offensive line, the receivers, he's had guys dropping balls all year. And, you know, has he played great? No. I mean, his turnovers are up more than they've – I think he's actually thrown a career high in interceptions this year. But, you know, at the same time, you can't expect him to be the McNabb of, like, 2000 where he would put the team on his back. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's a shame what's happened to him down there, really. I would say uh, it's pretty clear he has no weapons. I mean, uh, it, it's just pathetic. He is dreaming. He's wishing he could have Torrance Small and Charles Johnson back. I mean, it is that bad. They had Clinton Portis. Well, he's out. Uh, Chris Cooley has not shown up. Their best weapon has been Anthony Armstrong, who a couple years ago was playing for 250 bucks a game. I mean, yes. It's just downright pathetic. And it, well, why give them that contract, though? I mean, I understand. Uh, I'll tell you why they wanted the contract. They wanted to keep his rights. And the Fletcher Smith went off today, his agent. He went ballistic. I think, what I, personally, what I think happened, and I have no sources to back this up, but piecing it together, it sounds to me like they wanted to get the heat off of him for that disaster in Detroit, so they decided to give him the contract. Obviously, a very easy out out of the contract. But I think that they looked them in the eye and told them, you know, you're going to be our guy next year. Now they get his rights. Now, instead of him being able to walk in free agency, they can trade him to whomever they want. But even that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, because now that you bench him, the trade value goes down. Teams know you don't want him. Because after the way he's played, and look, you're you're right. I mean, we can talk weapons and lack thereof. Hasn't been the most solid season, but, I mean, at least if you're going to showcase him for – for Ford, I mean, well, look, we know what McNabb brings to the table. I mean, he's not the 0405-06 Donovan McNabb. I mean, he's getting up there and he's slipping, but he he is a much. I mean, come on, is he not better than Rex Grossman? I, I agree. I think it's a I think it's a disaster what's going on uh, down there in, in, in Washington. And you know, to some extent, I know a lot of people who have criticized McNabb over the years are just laughing and giggling. I mean. I don't. I don't think this time it's really self-inflicted. I think it's more or less on 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 the Shanahan's per se. And you know, my gut feeling is just that I think there's a power struggle going on down there with with Mike Shanahan and Daniel Snyder. And you know, that's 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 a bad place to be in the middle of all that nonsense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Shanahan. I think since day one has just entirely he's messed everything up. I mean, how do you not trade Albert Hainsworth? His trade value was never going to be higher for the middle, before the start of this season. It was never going to be higher. You had teams who were willing. I was hearing a third-round pick. Uh, now teams like McNabb, they know that they don't want Hainsworth. 
the trade value plummets. Same with McNabb. I mean, what do they think they're going to get out of these guys? They're not going to have a whole lot of leverage. They don't want them on the team. And, uh, I mean, and Kyle Shanahan, he just seems like that spoiled brat who, you know, got the blue Porsche, he wanted red, I, and throws an ungodly hissy fit. I mean, I, uh, is this guy qualified? Would he be on the coaching staff? Would he be the offensive coordinator? Well, of if Daddy I mean, the head coach? But that's, that's how it is. I mean, it's he's not... Joke. You're you're right. I mean, he just you know he's 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 the coach's kid. <laughs> what, what more do you want? To, you know, you don't, and he's don't, buddies don't. with Grossman. That's why Grossman's getting the well, start. Yeah, he's buddy buddy. Yeah. Hey, uh, real quick, I want to get um I wanted to talk a little baseball with you guys um for a couple minutes if we can, and then obviously get uh, your predictions on uh, Eagles Giants. Uh, obviously, the big move this week, Cliff Lee, back to Philadelphia. It's funny too. I, I, I will tell you, uh, dead honesty. I was not that shocked. I've said this about Ruben Amaro for years. He's smug. The guy is smart. He's intelligent. I've known Ruben. I had no inkling he was going to do this, but the guy knows what he's doing. And I'm sure, you know, as Philly fans, you guys are pretty excited. I mean, you know, that, that is a ridiculously scary rotation. Oh, yeah, Renan. Right you know, it's interesting. It shows um, how much the Phillies' philosophy has changed. Uh, I mean, years ago, they would they would never uh, put out this kind of money for a pitcher. And even uh, Halliday last year, they only were willing to give a, a three-year deal to. But now they've gone on above and beyond here, giving Cliff Lee this uh, five-year, $120 million deal. Even though even though it went out of their budget, they're still willing to make the um, exception for the opportunity to bring him back and give you what could be one of the best rotations ever in baseball. Yeah, and I'll tell you who the angriest person in the country is right now. It's not Brian Cashman. It's Jason Worth. Uh, he leaves, and now he sees his old team restocking, and he's stuck with uh, the Nationals. Worth shows, and, Clee- and Lee shows, you don't always chase the money. Uh, yeah, it's, and, and the one thing I think, the, the one misconception, you know, the money per year, it's more than obviously – you know, what, what, what the Yankees were willing to give. But you bring up a great point. I mean, Jason Worth, I'll tell you what, that whole Worth deal just killed everyone. I mean, you look at a guy like, you know, Crawford, you start to set the bar. But, no, it's an excellent point because, look, you still have the infield intact. They always come slow out of the gate in April. I mean, you can throw anyone out there. It doesn't exactly. matter if you want to go – Doc, if you want to go the other Roy, if you want to go Cole, if you want to go Cliff, I mean, it's just, it's scary. You got to play the game, and you're not going to win anything in April and May and June. But the bottom line is, on paper, how do you not say this is the team to beat in 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 the whole MLB? I mean, forget about the NL, all of baseball. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like you, like you said, when Cole Hamels is your projected fourth starter, <laughs> that's ridiculous. You can put me out there in right field. I will, I'll go out without a glove. It doesn't matter. You, know, I'll, you can have a picnic out there. You're not going to be doing a whole lot. Teams just aren't going to be able to hit. And Ben Francisco, uh, you know, if he platoons with Dominic Brown or not, or even if they go out and get a vet, it's. I think it'll be fine because teams are just not going to be able to. To hit these guys, I mean, it's, it's going to be incredible. They are, they are going to be a very tough out. All right, we got a couple minutes. Uh, let's roll through uh, predictions, Eagles and Giants. And, uh, Bob, how do you see this one playing out, pal? Man, uh, you know, uh, when the Eagles and Giants play, it's always a toss-up. Uh, 
I think that if, uh, especially if Samuel and Jackson and Justice can play, or even just one of the three, uh, if they can get those guys in, I think that they're going to be able to bait Manning into making some bad throws, especially with Steve Smith out and Nix and Manningham bruised up. Uh, it's going to come down to stopping Bradshaw and, and Jacobs. Uh, we're going to have to see a big game out of uh, the defensive tackles. Uh, Got to have Jamar Chaney step up. But I think as long as they can at least contain Bradshaw and Jacobs, I do not believe Eli Manning can outduel Vic and, uh, you know, and that Eagles offense. What do you, what do you think, Danny? You know, um, again, I wonder about the Eagles in this game with the Eagles. Uh, and particularly on the offensive line, uh, King Dunlop worries me. And, you know, the last game was so close. Uh, I mean, if Vic doesn't complete that exchange to McCoy, like that was uh, an inch away from getting uh, stripped knocked away by the defensive lineman. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about a different game. Uh this time around, though, like up in the, since it's up in Giants Stadium, the Giants will be up for this game. Uh, I just don't see the Eagles winning this one. I, I think it's really hard to expect them to go on the road with all the injuries that they've sustained in recent weeks and expect them to shut down the Giants' running game. And uh, at the same time, I think their defensive li- Giants' defensive line is going to make it harder on uh, Vic. That's kind of kind of direction I'm going with the defensive line. I mean, I think it's hard to beat a team twice in the span of about a month, five weeks. I mean, I don't think the Eagles have a fear of going up the Turnpike and Giant Stadium. I, I really don't. I just think this game is going to be one of loss in the trenches. And the way the Giants' defensive line and their front four, they they, you know, they, I, I'm not going to say they set the blueprint on how to stop Vic, but I think they're going to make enough plays. They're going to be able to run the ball and. I really don't think Eli, believe it or not, as crazy as it sounds, I don't think Eli is going to be put in a position unless he really says to himself, I got to make a boneheaded play. I got to do something. I think it's turnover free football, and I think that's the one big key. I mean, if the Eagles come out of the gate and they go deep and the Giants find themselves in a hole, then yeah, they panic even at 7 nothing. trust me, because that's how these games turn out. But ultimately, I think the Giants just find a way to run the ball, and I don't think it's a high-scoring game. I'll give you a quick score, and then uh, give me your quick scores. I think it's going to be a twenty. I think it's going to be a twenty-one-seventeen game, Giants. Yeah, I would go uh, about about that, but uh, I'd flip it. One quick point about Vic, though. We talked about stopping him in the other game. Uh, there were two pretty badly dropped touchdown passes. He Absolutely, those. we're Come not on. talking about the way they stopped him. Yes, no, you're right. No, you're, it's a good point. It's a good point. So uh, what, what I, do you have for the final? Go ahead. Uh, let's see. Um, I agree with you guys. I think it's um, one team in the 20s, one team in the high teens, and I think the Giants are going to be that team in the 20s. All right, well, I know we're up against it. Uh, guys, uh, always enjoy it. I know. I don't know if you guys are going to watch the Lakers and the Sixers. I'm kind of toying with the Knicks in the heat right now. So <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it, guys, and uh, good stuff. G and uh, Michael will be back next uh Friday, and uh, we appreciate Hank Poteet jumping on board. And again, you've been uh, uh, listening to Voices of America, and of course, G Cobb in the house. We'll talk to you next Friday right here on Voices of America. Have a good week, everyone.
Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.